Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Autumn is absolutely gorgeous. There is just something very, very special about autumn. Now, if you know me, you'll know that I'm very much a summer's baby. Um, I love the, 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 the sunshine. I love the heat. Um, I love every aspect of summer. It's just my favorite time of year. Um, but, but there's something very special about autumn. There's something exceptionally beautiful about autumn as we see the, the the leaves turn into this like deep red and these burnt oranges and these bright yellows and if we're honest it's actually a sign that these leaves are busy dying <laughs> and strangely it's beautiful and don't get me wrong spring spring has its own beauty spring brings blossoms and it, it speaks into this new life coming about. And, and as I said, summer, oh, summer is just full of all kinds of wonderful things. I've never been a big fan of, of winter, but, but when it comes to, to autumn, when it comes to autumn, there's just something majestic about the beauty that we see happening in autumn. And it's so lovely to, to, to watch the, the, the ground become covered uh, with, with all these leaves. Yes, dead leaves, but leaves nonetheless. And a little while back, I, um, I read a quote, and the quote said this. The quote said, The trees are about to show us how lovely it is to let dead things go. As I read that, I was like, man, there is a message in that. <laughs> that, that. That the trees are about to show us how lovely it is to let dead things go. And I wonder today, do you have something dead in your life that you need to let go of? Is there something that, that you've been hanging on to for a while and it's 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 kind of starting to stink. It's kind of busy, as we would say in South Africa, it's, it's busy frotting on the side of things. And it's time to let it go. Maybe you're in a space where it's time to embrace this beauty of letting dead things go. Welcome to you. Uh, we love having you join us. We love having you connect with us. And we trust that today is going to really be valuable for you. Now, when we talk about letting dead things go, <clears throat> I can't help but think of the fact that we all have a past. You have a past. I have a past. And very often there are things in our past that we need to let go, but we've kind of been hanging on to them. When it comes to the past, 
Um, for some of us, when we think back on the past, it's very positive. Uh, it's all happy and carefree and light and, you know, a bit of like Heidi dancing and skipping through the mountains. Um, for others of us, uh, when we think of our past, it's quite negative. It's quite dark. Um, it feels far more like, like a, 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 a sinister movie. <laughs> Um, and maybe you were either the perpetrator or the victim. Um, but regardless, your past is filled with hurt and anger and guilt. Um, but no matter where you find yourself on the spectrum, being uh, looking at, at your past as very positive or as very negative, um, we all have one. <laughs> we all have a past. We all have things in our past that we may want to rather forget or that we may not want to actually talk about. But as we remind ourselves of the statement that we made right off the top of this message, that in order to, to, to grow new leaves or new fruit, if we hang on to that proverbial tree analogy, uh, in order to grow these new, we, we need to let go of the past. We need to let go of the dead things in our past that would want to hold us back. And if we don't, these very things that we'd rather forget, these very things that we don't want anyone mentioning or, or bringing up or reminding us of, it's these very things that will end up defining us. Now, when it comes to being defined by our past, um, there, this plays itself out in two different ways. It, it, it plays itself out in the fact that I focus on my past. I focus on my past all the time. I kind of hold it as, uh, as, as, as these lenses that I see life through. It's kind of like walking around in life with a, with a set of VR glasses in, in a backpack. And whenever something comes up, I slap these virtual reality glasses on and create my own little reality that's based on my past. <laughs> and I, I focus on my past. And as a result, everything that I see, everything that I do happens through the lens of my past. And my past continues to define me. The other way that my past defines me is when I just completely ignore my past. Just pretend like it's not there. It's like having a nail stuck in my forehead and uh, ignoring the fact that it's there. And people would want to point it out to us or whatever the case may be. And, and we're just like, it's not there. It doesn't exist. I don't have to deal with it. And whenever someone wants to speak into it or point it out or whatever the case may be, or whenever something of our past comes up, we run. We run away. Because by running away, I don't have to deal with it. I can just ignore it. And whether I find myself in a place of focusing on my past and being defined by it, or ignoring my past and being defined by it, Ultimately, no matter where I am on that spectrum, I have not dealt with my past. I have not dealt with my past and therefore my past continues to define me. I wonder where you're at with that today. You see, 
if we live with our hearts and minds in the past and we live with our bodies in the present, the truth be told, we have no future. Uh, I love the statement made by, by Andy Stanley when he, when he said, my past will remind me, but it will not define me. My past will remind me, but it will not define me. And you see, too often we allow our past to not just remind us, but to define us. By all means, let it remind you. Let it remind you. Um, I believe that there's a lot that we can learn from our past. There's a lot of good that we can take out of our past, even out of the negative in our past, to take that and, and to, to, to use them as, as, as uh, school fees, so to speak, so that we can avoid making those same mistakes in the future. Uh, learning from our past is a good thing. Allowing the hurts and the mistakes and, and, and the failures and the, all of those things of the past to define us, that's where the problem comes in. So yes, let it remind me, but it must never define me. A while back I read a statement that said, the past is behind, learn from it. The future is ahead, prepare for it. The present is now, it's here. Love it. And throughout the, the Gospels, we see Jesus redefine the lives of men and women. He comes into contact with these lives that are, that are broken, that are sick, that are, that are, are, are um, really messed up. Um, and we see him come and, and, and as their lives are defined by whatever from their past, he steps into their lives and he redefines their lives for their future. Ah, I can't help but, but, but think of the woman with the issue of blood. We don't even know her name. Most of these people, we don't know their names. We know what defined them in the moment. The woman with the issue of blood, she meets with Jesus and her whole life changes. The, the ten lepers... That, that, that Jesus has, has, has an, that have an encounter with Jesus. Uh, they meet with him once, their whole lives change. Uh, I, I think of the, of the demon-possessed man. <laughs> he meets with Jesus. He has a brand new future. Uh, I think of the, of the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. He meets with Jesus once. And his whole future looks different. There are two encounters that people had with Jesus that I'd like to just take a few moments and focus on. Uh, the first one is the woman caught in adultery. And the second one is Zacchaeus. Now, the woman caught in adultery, like all these other people that I mentioned before, uh, we have no idea what her name is. Uh, the issue that she was caught with was so big <laughs> that it defined her. It's how she was known, even if it was just for in that moment, but it's how she was defined. Just as these other men, the lepers, the woman with the issue of blood, the layman, all, all these people, always defined by, by an illness or brokenness or, or, or a, an issue in their lives. And here the woman caught in adultery, she's in the exact same place. She's caught in the very act of, adul of adultery. 
We see Jesus um, arriving on the scene. These, 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 these leaders bring this woman to her, to, to Jesus, put her in front of him. And, and they're like, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. This isn't a rumor. This isn't a myth. We saw it with our own eyes. We caught her. How they figured that part out is very questionable. Um, I think there's a couple of conversations that need to be had around that. But anyways, um, and here they place her in front of Jesus' feet and they say, the law of Moses says we must stone her. Rome says we're not allowed to stone her. What do you say? What do you say in this moment? What should we do? And Jesus ignores them. <laughs> Jesus ignores them. And maybe there's a message in there for someone else that not every question that Jesus was asked did he ever answer. Um, side note for someone. Um, but Jesus doesn't answer them. He just leaves it. And he's drawing in the sand. And there's a lot of theories as to what was he writing in the sand. But ultimately, Jesus just leaves it. But they press and they press and they press. And they're like, come on. What should we do? And after a while, Jesus stands up. He looks at them and he says, okay. Let him who has no sin throw the first stone. And it says one by one, the men left from oldest to youngest. Because the oldest had more <laughs> sin that had happened in their lives than the younger guys. But ultimately, they all left because they all realized, I got my own sins. To the point where Jesus is left alone with this lady. And he looks her square in the eyes and he just says to her, where are your accusers? Where are your accusers? Where are the people that accuse you of this thing that you've been brought to me with? This caught in adultery issue. <laughs> and she turns to him and she says, I have none. I have none. And Jesus says to her, I don't accuse you either. I don't accuse you either. Now go and leave your life of sin. Some translations say, now go and sin no more. But ultimately, that's what Jesus is saying. Go and leave your life of sin. In other words, go and leave the past that would want to enslave you, that would want to define you. Leave it right here. Don't take it with you when you leave. Leave your life of sin. Leave this past right here. Don't allow it to define you. But from this moment onwards, your life is redefined by the fact that you have met with me. What an incredible moment. What an incredible freeing moment this woman must have experienced with Jesus right there. Then we see the life of Zacchaeus. We see, we, we see this short little tax collector um, who Jesus comes to his town. He wants to see who this Jesus guy is because he's heard some stuff about him. He climbs a sycamore tree so that he can see Jesus. And while he's up there, as Jesus walks past, Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and he says, Zacchaeus, come down from there because today I must eat at your home. And Zacchaeus comes and climbs down the tree. Jesus goes home with him. 
And Jesus goes and has a meal with, G- with Zacchaeus at his home. And in that moment, Zacchaeus is so taken by Jesus. He, he has such an encounter with Jesus that his whole life turns around. He was defined by being this notorious sinner, this shrewd man, this thief, this liar. And one encounter with Jesus, this, this, this tax collector, this traitor to his people, looks at Jesus and looks at the people in the room and says, whatever and from whoever I have taken unfairly, I will repay, and I'll repay over and above what I took. Complete transformation, complete transformation. And Jesus looks at Zacchaeus, and he says, Today, salvation has come to this house. Today, salvation has come to this house. In other words, your life will no longer be defined by the fact that you were a cheat and a thief, a liar and a traitor. No, from today, your life will be redefined by the fact that you have met with me. What a moment. What a moment. There's something that that Jesus says moments later that I believe we need to pay such close attention to. Where Jesus said this, Jesus said, but the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. The Son of Man being Jesus came to save those who are lost. You see, when Jesus steps into our brokenness, when he steps into our our messed up past, when he steps into those things that we want to hide, that we want to camouflage, that we want to not talk about, that we want to try and put decorations over so that people can't see in or get past, Jesus gets past it. He takes that stuff and he does away with it. And he takes a life that is marked by that And he turns it around and he redefines our lives, not by what we did, but by what he did. You see, a day came where Jesus went to the cross for you and for me, where he took that shame, he took that sin, he took that brokenness, he took that that, that sickness, whatever you are dealing with, whatever your past may be filled with, or whatever your present may be filled with, that's about to turn into your past as you just surrender the stuff to Jesus. It's in that moment, right there on the cross, where he said, it is finished, that he redefined your life, and that he redefined my life. And all it takes for us is as with the woman with the issue of blood, all she had, with the um, caught in adultery, all she had to do was stand up, walk away, and leave her life of sin as she r- surrenders to the fact that she has been with Jesus. Zacchaeus, in that moment, having that moment with Jesus, would, would, would ultimately walk away and leave his life of sin. 
restoring what he'd broken, as he just resigns to, man, I've met with this Jesus and there is no way that my life can ever be the same. And Jesus looks at their lives and he looks at our lives and he said, your life will be redefined by the fact that you have met with me. And Jesus redefines lost into found. He redefines sick into healthy. And he redefines broken into whole. Now both of these, the woman caught in adultery and Zacchaeus, they had to let go of a couple of dead things. Just as we mentioned earlier on about that tree, having to let go of the dead leaves so that in the new season it could sprout new leaves and let go of dead fruit so that in the new season it could, it could grow new fruit. So both these people had to let go of the dead in their lives in order to find a new life in, in, in Jesus. The first thing that they had to let go of was the accusation that was against them. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. Like, wasn't much of an accusation. It was pretty much out in the open. There we go. There it is. But there was an accusation. Zacchaeus had to deal with the accusation of the fact that he was a notorious sinner. He was not the notorious B.I.G. He was the notorious Z. Like, he was the main Mackie when it came to sinning. Um, and both of them had to let go of the accusation. You might be in a situation where you're going, Ramon, that's fine for them. They were guilty of this stuff. But I'm, I'm accused of stuff that I'm not even guilty of. Whether the accusation is true or not, whether we need to repent <laughs> for what we did, or just let go and forgive those who are doing something to us that's not true, at the end of the day, in order for you to find freedom in your life, you need to let go of the accusation. You hang on to it, you're hanging on to the dead. But in order to find new life, you must let it go. The next thing that they had to let go of was the shame. The shame. I mean, this woman was dragged out into public. More than likely, she was butt naked. Now, we don't know that for a fact, but it is most likely that that is the state that she was in because of how she was caught. And I can only imagine for her as a woman, the shame that must have covered her in that moment. But she could have not got up from that place and found new life if she hung on to that shame. Zacchaeus, it says that the people, when they heard that Jesus was going to, to, to Zacchaeus' house, that they were disgusted because Jesus was going to the house of a notorious sinner. The shame that must have covered him. He was known as a traitor to his people, doing the bidding of Rome on their behalf. The shame that he must have carried. But Zacchaeus could not have gone on to live a full life, a healthy life, a whole life, if he did not let go of the shame. I wonder today, what shame did you need to release? What 
are these dead things in your life, in your past, that you need to let go of in order to find a full and healthy future moving forward in Jesus. See, guys and ladies, both this woman and Zacchaeus had to take hold of Jesus' forgiveness. They had to take hold of his love, of his grace, of his mercy for them in order to find freedom and his fullness for their lives moving forward. And just like the tree in autumn, they had to let go of the dead in their past to take hold of the new life that Jesus offers to you, to me, to them for their future. What a shame it would be if we caught up with them months later or years later, introduced ourselves to them, and as they introduced themselves back, the, 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 the lady to introduce herself back is, hi, I'm the woman caught in adultery. <laughs> or Zacchaeus to, 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 to say, hi, I'm the notorious Z, <laughs> the notorious sinner. What a shame. What an absolute shame. But I can, with certainty in my heart, say to you that I'm convinced that if we had caught up with them years and months later, they aren't mentioned again in Scripture, that we would have engaged with new people, completely transformed. Why? Because they had a really nice visit? No. Because they met with Jesus. And as they met with Him, He redefined their lives and gave them a hope for a new future. I can't help but think of the Apostle Paul, who was one of these people who Jesus came and redefined his life, where he was on his way to go and kill Jesus' followers. I mean, Jesus literally arrested him on the road uh, to Damascus. And as Jesus engages with him, his life, turns around and his life is redefined to the point where he goes from being called Saul to being called Paul. A man who was a threat to the, the way of Jesus, <laughs> who ended up writing two-thirds of the New Testament that you and I get to engage with the reality of Jesus today. Massive transformation. It is this man. It is him who said this, where he said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, look, see, all things have become new. See, guys and ladies, nothing becomes new when we hang on to the old. Nothing can find new life when we hang on to the dead. And I believe with all my heart that nothing really changes unless we have a real encounter as we meet with Jesus. So yes, your past will remind you. Your past will remind you. But let your past remind you of what God has done for you and in you.
Let your past remind you of where he's brought you out of. Let your past remind you of the fact that he has given you his grace in place of your brokenness and made you whole. Let your past remind you that you've traded in your sin for his purity. That your life is redefined by the fact that you have been with Jesus. So yes, let it remind you. But let it never define you. Let it never determine the direction of your life. Let it never dictate your actions. Why? Because Jesus came to make all things new. And he's here to make your all things new as you meet with him and he redefines your life. So the next time you see a tree, you think of the story of these autumn leaves falling, letting go of the dead and eventually sprouting new. Be reminded that this very Jesus did a complete work on a tree for you as he took your sin, as he took your shame, as he took your brokenness, your illness, your everything that you want to hide, that you want to camouflage, that he took it on himself, that he traded your worst for his best so that he could redefine who you think you are and who you are, that you are no longer broken, discarded, and covered in shame, but that you are precious and that you are His. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for just the truth of who you are in our lives. Lord, the fact that there is nothing that can separate us from your love as long as we are willing to engage with you. Lord, I thank you that just as we have these examples of these men and women who met with you and had their lives transformed and as a result, redefined moving forward, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you take all the junk of our lives, that you do away with it, Lord, as we surrender these lives to you, as we give it all to you, that you come and that you make all things new. And that as the, 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 the Apostle Paul said, that if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. That the old things have passed away and that the new, that, that all things have become new in Jesus. So Lord, today, wherever people are needing to let go of the dead, let go of the dead things in their past in order to find new life moving forward. Lord, I thank you that you pointed out to us that we will do just that, that we will trust you with our past as we trust you with our futures moving forward. These lives are yours. Do with them as you please. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us. We love and appreciate you. We'll see you next week.
If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.